0: Hello, my name is Ethan Hewlin. Like you, I live a world that never stops moving. And also like you, I have stories. These are my stories, the true stories of a triad. Welcome back to True Stories of a Triad. I am Ethan Hewlin, and this week I have a friend and fellow podcaster on. Please welcome Hudson Christmas. Hudson, how are you doing? A pretty... It's been pretty good so far. Um, so, um, uh, listeners, Hudson is uh, coming on with me to talk about a concept that I've brought up before. It's... Um, This concept I brought up with uh, my friend Ben. uh, It's been several episodes since that happened. So um, for those of you who either haven't listened or it's been a while since you tuned in, um, being the mule is a specific concept. And uh, what I define as the mule is uh, the person who takes on the responsibility for the group, Um, whether that's because they have to or because they want to. Uh, So starting things off, Hudson, can you uh, tell our audience a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, my name is Hudson Christmas. I, um, let's see, I grew up, born and raised in Jacksmo, Florida. Moved out to Arizona when I was 14. Uh, I'm currently going to law school. I'm in my second year finishing that up. I'm married and have a wife. Her name's Grace. She's absolutely wonderful. And we run a podcast of our own. It's called Christmas Discourse. We talk about taboo things and topics that most people don't want to talk about, but we do it in a way that we go in depth about it and we have people on that we know and it's just a good time and and we really enjoy it.
0: That's actually one of the main reasons I invited you here um, because I've been doing some homework listening to some of your stuff and based on some of the stuff that you and your wife have talked about, I think bringing you on to a podcast where a lot of heavy stuff is discussed would uh, make you kind of a a perfect fit. So I'm, I'm so glad you could make it here. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. So Hudson, um, this concept of being the mule, like how, um, what's been your experience with that, uh, both being at school and within uh, the workplace. Can you tell me a little bit about those?
1: Sure. <clears throat> I, I think there are, there are three separate incidents I can think about. Uh, the first would be school. Yeah, I took a group group project. It was basically called group communication, but it consisted of one big group project <clears throat> where all of us went into individual groups. And there were four or five groups of four or five people, and we had to... Band together, each group had to work with the other groups, and we had to make a big old project. And I had a cup, one time especially, where the self proclaimed leader of our small little group went AWOL, and we had a whole bunch of problems with it. And we ended up, myself and, and other individuals, taking over for that individual and, and kind of just making it a stressful situation. And then as far as work goes, I used to work at Panera Bread when I was like 16 until I, I believe I was 18. And that was a lot of things that occurred there were individuals who would just kind of slack off in their work all the time. And there was a there was a busing position. It was basically where we take would take the plates and bring them back and, and make sure all the drinks were good, all the coffees were good. It was a hard job, but no one else would really do it well they they were they weren't willing to do the work for it and it ended up all coming down on me and so i was the one who constantly was in that position because i just because i worked hard and because i i wasn't i i i wouldn't um just just goof off i guess and then finally in another another job i worked it was a, it was a database entry job um we had a buddy system and basically the buddy system was where we had an individual who would, um, the buddy system was you had a buddy and your buddy would be the person who, if you were sick or you were on vacation, you weren't able to come in, they would make sure you wouldn't fall behind if they had pressing matters, or if you were falling behind and you needed help, they would help you get all caught up. So I had that. And my, my buddy, though, would constantly be asking me and, wouldn't do their, their work to the point where I was doing two people's works. And it was a very stressful time, uh, very, very annoying, but, but, but also very frustrating.
0: Yeah. I can definitely see where you're, you're coming from with that. Like, like when someone is slacking off that, in my opinion, is the absolute worst. Like, like, I'm not normally someone who steps up to Mm -hmm. um, take the leader position. It's just not the kind of thing that my um, personality lends itself to. But when I am put in that position, I always try to make sure that everyone gets the work divided evenly among themselves. Mm -hmm. And, like, when people don't do their assigned work, it it just irks me because I've come to pride myself on my work ethic and when other people don't live up to the work ethic that i have for myself it's just it's one of the most annoying things in the entire world right like uh there was um like all throughout um middle school and uh, part of high school i was well yeah i was one of the smart kids like i mm-hmm. I was in a bunch of honors classes. I was, you know, on, you know, I was, I was a nerd. People knew that I was smart and people <laughs> were more than willing to take advantage of the academic talent that I had, which I was happy to right. give. But, you know, at the same time, that led to people who didn't really care about school or people who were just being lazy, just right. kind of shove everything on me. Right. Right and you know that can really weigh that can really weigh on you when you're taking on the responsibility of three other people yeah like how so my question is like how how does that weigh on you hudson do you have a similar experience
1: i mean yeah i i think when i that that what it just reminds me of is is that is that class, that group group communication class in 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 my undergrad degree at, at the community college and just and a lot of the times how people would drop the ball and it would all then weigh upon me. I remember we had like a little coup d'etat and remove the individual who was our proclaimed leader because she kind of disappeared. And I then had to take all of the stress, all of the responsibility, and it was just it was just a stressful... I just remember that entire day, it was almost... It, it felt like a freak-out moment because we had a PowerPoint presentation and she was nowhere to be found, and I think it just ended up in us doing the PowerPoint without her, or maybe even her coming and just saying the thing at the end, but we had no one con- could find where she was. I just remember the stress of that situation and, and trying to... Do her part that she hadn't done. Yeah, it's horrible.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like branching out to you know, kind of the workplace. When I was in, mm-hmm. when I was in high school, I worked at a local, <clears throat> like regional grocery store. It's called High V. It's a, it's a Midwest thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a Kroger or a Safeway or something along those lines. Um. And you know how in those places they'll have like the ready-made food we can just come and pick it up, like the hot food, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I did. I made pizzas at <laughs> mm-hmm. a grocery store. That was my job in high school. And mm-hmm. I was one of the people who worked hard, or harder than most, in uh, in my department, and my boss knew that. Okay. So what he came to do is like, so there was a list. Of stuff that he had us do every shift, like you know mm-hmm. um you know, take out the trash, sweep the floor, uh you know, scrub all the dishes, that sort of thing, and I did mm-hmm. all of those so so well, and under the amount of time that it took everybody else to do it, that he had to come up with a second list, like a second <laughs> like deep cleaning list, so that way mm-hmm. I would still have something to do while um there weren't any customers present which um yeah which you know, <laughs> i still took very seriously because mm-hmm. you know when someone who is over me authority wise tells me to do something i'm like okay i need to do that right some people however um didn't see it that way mm. it's uh it's kind of like um Captain Barbosa in Pirates of the Caribbean. He says, uh, "Miss Turner, uh, the pirates' code isn't really a code. It's more like guidelines."
1: <laughs> ten out of ten accent, by the way. I love the breast impersonation.
0: Oh, I, I, do, I do my best. I've been doing impressions since I was probably about fifteen. That's pretty.
1: That's pretty good. I not. Oh, I said it was pretty... I said that was a fantastic accent. I I can't do impressions myself, so...
0: Yeah, a little, little hidden, hidden talent from me. uh. Mm. But yeah, that was... That was something that I took very seriously, and, mm-hmm. you know, I actually eventually got to the point where I was actually one of those people that you were talking about, where I mm-hmm. just kind of, like stopped wanting to do the work that i was assigned to do because there were some days i was just like i don't want to do anything or at least no more than i really need to do right you know what i mean
1: oh yeah no i i I think i don't think that's just i think that's most places though because i also worked at chick-fil-a for a while I don't know why, why I'm, I'm trying to figure out now why it was so drawn to the food business because I absolutely didn't like it, it was so stressful, but even there we had many points where, you know, if you're not given something to do, and this was even at Panera, I guess, you just kind of start slacking, and then they'd also have deep clean stuff that you would never want to do, so you'd mm-hmm. kind of just start putting that off, and then at the end you're like, oh, I guess I have to... I have to do closing, so I don't have time for it now. You know, I can't scrub underneath the ice machine because, you know, it's, we have to close in about 30 minutes, so I have to do everything else. So, yeah, no, I, I completely understand that.
0: Yeah, and it's it's actually kind of ironic. I It was one, one of the reasons that I ended up leaving hy was because I felt like I kind of lost sight of my own work ethic. Mm-hmm. So I went to a different job and uh I was probably treated worse there than I was at Ivy, but uh oh my goodness. Yeah, it it sucked. But <laughs> I I'm not even going to mention the name of the company but um I'll give you a hint. They uh they ship anything and everything. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, I know exactly what company. I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh-huh. Um and so now hmm. I have a different job where hmm. I spend long amounts of time by myself and there's just a lot of different things that need to be done at any given time right. Um, because I work for a, a different company now who ships things and prints things. So hmm. it's either... Someone wants to ship something, somebody somebody wants something printed out, somebody has an order from online that's coming in when printed out by the next day, or later that day, or Mm. what have you. So there's always something for me to do uh, in the background, which, you know, has, I've actually impressed my manager and my peers with how well I've. I've done because my managers not expect me to do this good being you know new no right. hire I've only been working for them for a couple months now, so mm-hmm. i'm I mean I'm hmm. glad that my work ethic has held up this far, but Hey, it's me, editing Room Ethan here uh, to tell you about the Patreon page um, True Stories of a Dry Heart has had a Patreon page for a couple months now uh, I'd really like to see some more growth in there so I can make this thing as big as it can be uh, A lot more people need to make mental health a normal topic of discussion and I could not do that alone I really would appreciate all the help I can get um, There are several tiers I have set up Uh, You have the $1 Moral Support tier, which will just get you my respect. You have the $5 tier, which grants access to the Discord server. Um, It's pretty lonely in there right now, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, There's the $10 tier, where you get unedited episodes and end-of-episode shoutouts, And the $20 tier with the bonus content, which actually will be uploaded pretty soon. I'm still working on that, and it should be done within the next couple of weeks. Um, So... Thanks to you for listening to me ramble about this for a little bit. And now back to the show.
1: Yeah, work ethic's just an interesting thing. And I, 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 I think... Yeah, it, it it's interesting because... If you start allowing yourself to to not to not follow through with everything, and you start allowing yourself to slack, you're going to continue slacking until someone stops you. Yeah. And it's just going to be a perpetual cycle until until you either get called out on it, or I mean, or you just don't.
0: Yeah, and at at high nobody wanted to stop me because they knew I still get stuff done. But I just right. felt like I was letting myself down.
1: Yeah, but also at the same time,
0: you don't want to stop. Right. Yeah. So Hudson, what do, what do you do in that, um, in that situation where either you feel yourself slacking or somebody calls you out on it? What do you do?
1: I, I. It's interesting because um, in our in our youth group, we're going through a book about conflict with our students in our church. And there, there's there's three definitions they have when they're talking about conflicts and the way you resolve conflicts. There's there's, peace faking on the left side, there's peacemaking on the middle, and there's peace breaking on the right side. Peace breaking is a bad way to end a conflict, i.e. through uh, yelling, anger, things like that, basically blowing up. And there's peacemaking, which is the win-win. You resolve conflicts well, you resolve conflicts in a way that's honoring, and all these things. And then there's peace faking, which is just as bad as peace breaking, but different because it it acts as if there's peace when there's not and brushes over the problems. And I think while at home or with people, with like family members, I tend to be more into the peace breaking side, when I was at work and other situations or at school, I tend to be more peace faking. So I allow people to almost walk over me to, uh, take advantage of me because I didn't want there to be a conflict. I didn't want to hurt the relationships I had with these people. I just remember, especially in the in the work situation, I didn't I didn't want to I had a good relationship with my with the buddy that I had. And I didn't want to hurt their feelings. I didn't want to get them in trouble. So I never once told a higher up about it because I like them and I didn't want them to possibly get fired, even though it was. I don't think it was necessary. It wasn't a. It wasn't a fireable offense, but I was just so worried that they were getting in trouble that I didn't do anything about it. So I just kept on allowing myself to be embroiled, or not embroiled, but stuck in that that situation.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think this is where my. My Boy Scout leadership training comes in because I was a um I was a very active as some of listeners know in my in my early teenage years going all the way through high school in uh in Boy Scouts and mm-hmm. I held several leadership positions in the troop and one of the things that I learned and that they taught me was that there's a time to be a leader and there's a time to be their friend i e there's a time to hold somebody accountable. Mm-hmm and there's a time to make sure that they're doing what they need to do. And for me, drawing mm-hmm. that line has not always been easy, and I can tell it hasn't been for you either. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's that's where I usually fall. I'm more of a peace faker than a peace breaker usually. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. because I like to pretend everything's fine when it probably always isn't or not always anyway, <laughs> right? And like even beyond that, within my own head, I tend to gloss over things that um probably either need attention or need to be talked about. Hmm.
1: Oh, I agree. I think it's interesting too because the idea of you know you hear the word peacemaker thrown around, it it it, it requires that if you're going to make peace, there has to be a lack of peace. So I just think that's interesting. We don't like conflict, but we want to be resolved. We want to be seen as peacemakers. As a general rule, I don't know many people who are like, oh, I would hate to be a peacemaker. So most people would say they want to be a peacemaker, but in order to be one, you have to allow there not to be You have to allow conflict in some situations because I think conflict can be good if it resolved rightly, but I'm just, personally, i I'm afraid of it because I don't want to hurt others.
0: Yeah. I'm also in that same boat. I don't, I don't like being in conflict with other people, no matter how intense it is. Mm -hmm. Like it could even be, you know, who gets to hold open the door for the other person to go through. I don't. Even small things like that, like, Mm -hmm. I'm, as some might say, a broken record, that thought will just be circling around and around in my head, even after it happens, days, hours, sometimes weeks. But, you know, no matter what, sometimes I just can't make it go away, you know? Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: no, I completely agree. It it I think that and that all comes back to it. I think it all comes back to the idea of being the mule because when I'm afraid of being in conflict, I I allow myself to be that to be the mule because I don't want to, as you said, you know, don't want to be in that kind of a situation. So you just kind of almost submit to other people when you don't need to.
0: Yeah and you know i'm the second of five kids so there's there was a lot of um peacemaking responsibilities put upon me by um mm-hmm. you know the other the other people in my family because you know not only my innate desire for everyone to be happy but also so right. that way everybody could get along and do what um our parents are our our step parents wanted us to do at the time
1: right no i can put you agree. did that i I, curiously because i i felt the same way with being a, a second a second child i felt like i had to be the peace bringer when there were conflicts like my my siblings were fighting i i felt like i had to be the one to step in i didn't i didn't ever think that that was a I don't know if that is that the second is that the second oldest child's almost thought on responsibility that they have to be up
0: you know I'm tempted to think so because like you have you know the oldest sibling which um mm-hmm. you know actually believe it or not um I'm the oldest like biological sibling my older sister is a stepsister mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like when she wasn't around it was it was me but I still felt like You know, my parents say that I'm not a typical firstborn child. I.e., I'm not bossy.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, when um, my one of my younger sisters, her name is, well, I'll keep her name secret, (laughs) confidential, but um, she knows who she is, um. I'm not going to throw her under the bus directly, but she was always, she's been the bossy one. And, uh, sometimes, uh, this is the, the the middle child. She can get a little bit out of control. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I have to bring peace between them or peace between, you know, uh, the youngest Mm -hmm. in the middle or the youngest and the second youngest. It's, it was, it was a whole deal for, for a while when I still lived with them. Yeah. But that's, again, another responsibility that I'm taking on that maybe isn't necessarily my mind right. to take. <clears throat>
1: right. Hmm. That's interesting. Because yeah, I never thought about that, even just being as the second oldest and, and, and trying to be the peace, like bring peace to the household, even though. And then it my, ended my brothers usually going, get out of this, isn't, get your nose out of our business. <laughs> So it didn't usually end very well.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, I'm I'm someone who really doesn't like drama and, like, you know, mm-hmm. having to, to deal with that. But more often than not, drama finds me. Right. Same. So <laughs> I have to be the one who's like, okay, this is how you screwed up or this is how they screwed up. Mm-hmm. Here's how. Here's how you need to resolve it, hmm. and it's just. I don't know. I feel like it's almost my responsibility to solve other people's problems at times. Hmm.
1: Oh yeah, I, I I agree. I think that also probably lends back to the idea of the mule. Even I don't know. Maybe it does. You tell me. If, if being the problem solver too, as well as taking on their their physical burdens, but also trying to take on responsibilities that aren't yours in that way.
0: I mean, I'd say it's just a matter of what kind of responsibility you're talking about. Right. Because, like, in, you know, the the traditional mule situation, it's like you're taking on the responsibility that uh, someone else has put on you Mm. to get done, but in the other, it's more... It's more like you're taking on the responsibility of solving a problem that isn't yours Hmm. okay oh that makes sense, so they're different but they're but they're kind of similar yeah okay. two different breeds of mule okay
1: <laughs> that's a good way of thinking about it
0: <laughs> my grand my grandpa's a large animal veterinarian mm-hmm. I know a thing or two about mules oh. <laughs>
1: I, didn't, I that would that would explain the the use of the word that instead of the burden bearer the meal makes way more sense now.
0: Mhm. Uh so Hudson, mm-hmm. uh we are getting close to wrap up time. Are there any um encouraging words that you would uh want to bring to the listeners right now?
1: Yeah, uh, my wife and I have talked about this quite a bit and one of the things that we we've talked about and she's had to deal with the number of of her coworkers and not necessarily in the mule situation, but she had one, one situation where the coworker that was a problem with, like, drugs and things like that. Got, it was pretty pretty severe. And, or not necessarily drugs, but things were going on. And uh, she went to her boss, and she was afraid to go to her boss, but her boss helped her out. And they resolved the situation, resolved it well, and, and everything's a lot better. But one of the things we talked about is that it's okay to go to your boss. I mean true, the situation might involve your boss, but involve someone else. Maybe don't get them involved in your situation. Like if it's your boss, don't go and tell your friends to come up and like, I don't know, say something to your boss, but get advice. Or if you can go to a superior for your job, go to a superior, talk to them about it. Cause oftentimes they want to know about those kinds of things. They want to know about bad situations or, or, or times when people are taking advantage of you. So if, my my advice would be if you're a mule in a situation like a job, talk to a boss. If you're a, it being the mule in a school assignment, talk to your professor or your teacher. But And if you can't do either of those things, get a counsel from someone that you trust who you think is wise. Because that's, you, you can't just bear it alone. It, you can't take those responsibilities upon yourself.
0: I couldn't have said it better. Thank you. <laughs> So Hudson, is there anything that you would um, like to plug? Any special projects you're working on? Your own social media, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, you can find me at uh, on Instagram at Hudson Christmas No Spaces. You can also find me on Twitter at HUD for the Hills, H U D for the Hills. Uh, my wife and I host a podcast called Christmas Discourse, just like the holiday, and then Discourse D I S C O U R S E. And you can find both of those on Instagram and Twitter. The Instagram handle is Christmas Discourse No Spaces, and the Twitter handle is the letter X Miss Discourse, no spaces. Um, and we have our podcast out wherever you get your podcasts: iTunes, Spotify, wherever.
0: Wonderful. I've actually been listening to that over the past couple of days, so I would definitely give it a give it a listen. Thank you um so you can find me on instagram at ethan.t.heulen you can find me on twitter at et phone the o's are zeros and the e's are threes you can find the podcast on instagram and twitter at true stories pod i'll be back with more stories next week so until then this is ethan heulen and hudson christmas signing off